good to worship the Lord together in His house. The one who had deliverance, the exodus of my heart. You found me, you freed me, healed back the waters from my beliefs. Oh, Yahweh.
Thank you, Lord, for all that you have done. Graceful wings. 
church. Would you just bow your head for just a moment and let's thank God right now. Just in your spirit, would you just begin to thank God for what he's done in your life? What he's doing in this church and in this community? And just begin to praise him. Worship him. In your spirit, just begin to thank God. The heart of gratitude. For his goodness. Yeah. 
praise the Lord. Good church. Amen. Come on, let's praise the Lord with our hands. Hallelujah. It's great to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Turn and greet each other today before you sit down. Is that somebody who's having an extra good morning? So I have a question for you. Are you the kind of person that is already celebrating Christmas and you're like, Thanksgiving is cool, it's going to be good, but I'm already celebrating Christmas? Or are you like the kind of person that's like, let us have Thanksgiving first, then we're going to have Christmas? I don't know which one are you. Feels kind of Christmassy out there. St. Augustine did the lights last night. I'm feeling the, the, the Christmas vibe. It's a little chilly. I don't know. But we're going to enjoy Thanksgiving this week. It's going to be good. You guys ready to eat some good food this week? I am. I'm excited. We are so glad that you are here this morning to enjoy worship, worshiping our Lord and Savior, hearing from the Word, enjoying the fellowship of the Spirit. We are a gathering faith. And I'm so glad that we've all gathered here together, and I'm glad that you're here. My name is Pastor Jeremy. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at Anastasia Church, and I want to welcome you. I'm glad that you're here today. If you are a guest with us, we are so glad that you're here today as well. If you're a guest, we want to help you get connected to some good people here, and we want to connect with you. If you get out your phone and scan that thing right up there, then it'll pull up a little website. And there's all sorts of information that you can get from that website, but you can let us know that you showed up today, and, um, and then we can help you get connected here. So if you've never done that, why don't you scan it right there, just see what it does. I, I scanned it like last week. I was like, let me see exactly what this says. We've changed a few things. Looks a little bit different. Scan it if you've never done it, done it before. But it also, if you're a guest with us, then stop out at our welcome desk in the atrium, and we would love to offer you a little gift and help you get to connected to some good people here. I got a couple of announcements. Are you guys ready for these? Ready for these? Okay, I got a couple of good ones, a couple of not so good ones. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so the, the, the first one is that this week we're not having our, our midweek services. So we're enjoying Thanksgiving. Go travel, be with your family and that whole thing. Get, get your cooking all, getting that all ready and stuff. So no midweek services this week. And then on Sunday, December 3rd, we're doing a congregational meeting here at 4 p.m. So the cool thing about that, it's not just like a boring business meeting. The cool thing is that, that we believe that God speaks through and to everybody in our church. So we're a congregational church, so we invite everybody to be a part of the decision-making processes of the church. So that's why we do a business meeting. It's not just like a religious thing. Right, So as God speaks to you and through you, we all gather together and do a business meeting So to kind of make keep this church going, which is kind of cool. So that's Sunday, December 3rd. Put that on your calendar. Show up at 4 p.m. Next are two kind of exciting ones. Is One is on Friday, December 1st, we're doing Caroling at the Gazebo. This is a kind of an awesome thing where we get out into the community and um, our choir sings. They're doing Caroling in the plaza, um, downtown St. Augustine, pretty cool. So that's Friday, December 1st. Put that on your calendar and join us there. 
And then on Wednesday, December 13th, it's going to be a, a, a big midweek thing before Christmas um, where we're going to have a Lifehouse and Women's Ministry partnership thing where we're going to do some Christmas music and some Bible study. And then our student ministry is going to have a big student ministry outreach Christmas party. So it's going to be a big night on campus um, on Wednesday, December 13th. Got a lot of fun and exciting stuff going on. And all of that is stuff, but what's most important is when people have life-changing experiences, and especially when we see children get saved. And so we're going to check out the screen here in just a second. We're going to see how God has saved somebody from our kids' ministry, and we're going to watch them get baptized. So check out the screen here, and we'll kind of come back and pray in a second. excited for Thanksgiving, right? So we're excited about that. But most of all, we're excited today because he is putting or doing publicly sharing his faith and trust in Jesus. So I've got two questions for you. First, is Jesus your Lord and Savior? Yes. yes. Amen. And secondly, do you love Jesus? Yes. Amen. Awesome. Well, he's joined here by all of Anastasia Kids Ministry and all of his family. And so we're going to be uh, excited this morning. So we, we need to hear you uh, in the CLC over here as he gets baptized. So let's uh, Adrian, I'll have you turn this way. And based upon your profession of faith, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of Christ's death. Praise to the newness of life. Amen. Church, Will you join me in lifting up Adrian? Lord, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for Adrian's personal commitment of faith and his testimony this morning. May you bless him. May you use him in power and glory. And God, we give you all honor and praise in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, amen. 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 Congrats, buddy. Good job. Good job. I want to say one more prayer for our, for our offering. There are three ways to give. You can give online. You can text the word give to the number that we put on the screen, 904-441-6900. Or you can um, give in any of our giving boxes. If you're a guest today, then we don't want anything from you. We want something for you. So, um, so we just want you to enjoy. But if you're, a, if you're a member here, if you're a regular attender, then those are ways that you can be a part of what God is doing. And so we want to pray that God will use it all for his glory. Will you bow with me in prayer? God, we love you. We thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for this time that we can gather together and worship you and hear from you. Lord, we pray that you will use all of our talents, all of our time, all of our treasure for your glory. That you will use it in a way that you want to. Let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we pray that you will speak to us now as we hear Pastor Walter bring this word. Lord, we want to experience you. Please reveal yourself to us through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. Amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you. Good morning, church. Aren't you, aren't you glad to be here as part of this church? I am, I am so grateful. I want to share with you today one of those things, one of those blessings of serving the Lord that's near and dear to my heart, something that, that means so much to me because I'm kind of a relational person. And this is what's very important, that when I follow Jesus, 
I don't have to follow him alone. As a matter of fact, I'm not called to follow him alone. I get to do it in fellowship. I get to serve the Lord in community. We get to serve the Lord together. And that's such a blessing to me. And I'm, that's what I want to talk about today. Because you know, when God puts us together, you know what he does? He, he calls us something very special. He calls us church. Say church. We are church. We are church. Isn't that amazing? That means that we are the called out ones of Jesus Christ, the ecclesia. We are church. And God has given us amazing power. Do you know when we're together as church, the power that God wields is electrifying. I mean, it's, it's just amazing. You know, as we serve him together as church, the Lord helps us to overcome barriers that are impossible if, we're doing, if we were to do these things alone. As church, together, in the power of the Holy Spirit, he grants us so much power. Do you know how much power that he grants us, church? He tells us that the power he gives us is so great that the gates of hell cannot prevail against us. We are church. Say church. We're church. I'm excited about that, you know, I'm so, and we're blessed to be church. And I want to talk about that blessing of serving together. There was a time in the Old Testament when the people of Israel, the people of God were taken into captivity. And when they went into captivity, into Babylon, Jerusalem, the walls were broken down. Everything was torn down and the walls were broken down for about 140 and 150 years. And then over in captivity, there was this man, his name was Nehemiah. He was serving the king over there in Babylon. And uh, he was, uh, he was uh, over there, and he heard that the walls of Jerusalem were broken down, still broken down, even after people were starting to get back to Jerusalem. And, and he, it made him so sad because it looked like, like God was weak. It looked like the people of Israel were weak, and they were weak. And they weren't accessing the power that God had for them as the people of God. And so... God led him, and he, he led him and those who made it back to Jerusalem to do the impossible. They rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. Just a ragtag group of people. They, re, they did something amazing that no one thought they could do. They rebuilt those walls. And I would like you to stand with me in honor of God's word. I just want to read two verses right now. And this is what it says. So the wall, this is Nehemiah chapter 6, starting at verse 15, says, So the wall was finished on the 25th day of the month of Elul in 52 days. And when all our enemies heard of it, all the nations around us were afraid and fell greatly in their own esteem, for they perceived that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. Oh, Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that when you do things, the world notices and Lord, I pray that you just work in power in this world. Lord, our nation needs you. Lord, this community needs you. This world needs you. Work in power and let's give glory to your name. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. In the power of God, they built the walls of Jerusalem in 52 days. Think about if a whole church were fully devoted to the power and the vision of God, what God would do. I mean, you take the natural abilities, the gifts, the resources, and then you add to that the power of God. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. So how did they do it? Well, they did it together. 
You know, this is, I want to go back to Nehemiah chapter 3. This is where most of my message is coming out of, Nehemiah chapter 3. And this is where the citizens in Jerusalem began that back-breaking work of rebuilding those, that defensive wall. And, and on the surface, you may think this is an incredibly boring chapter. If you're reading your Bible and you get to Nehemiah chapter 3, has all those Hebrew names in there, that's where a lot of people just skip over and say, ah, a bunch of names, I'm going to move on to the next chapter. Anybody do that? Anybody? Okay, yeah. I, uh, yeah, but let me tell you, it's not a boring chapter. It's a very powerful chapter. It's extremely fascinating. It is so relevant as we face today's challenges as us, as church, because we are church, right? Say church. church. We're church. And we're facing so many challenges for today. So anyway, this is Nehemiah chapter 3. I'm going to read portions of it. I can't read all of it. But starting at verse 1, I'll read these first five verses. It says, Then Eliashib, the high priest, rose up with his brothers, the priests. They built the sheep gate. They consecrated it. They set its doors. They consecrated it as far as the Tower of the Hundred, as far as the Tower of Hananel. What's happening is they're starting in that northeast corner of Jerusalem, and they're going around the north. He's going to show us and describe how they went all the way around and who rebuilt different portions of it. So then it says, next to them, the men of Jericho built. And next to them, Zakur, the son of Imri, built. The sons of Hasanah built the fish gate. They laid its beams and set its doors, its bolts and its bars. Next to them, Meramoth, the son of Uriah, son of Hakots, repaired. Next to them, Meshulam, the son of Berechiah, son of Mashazabel, repaired. Next to them, Zadok, the son of Baana, repaired. Next to them, the Tekoites repaired. But their nobles would not stoop to serve their Lord. I'm going to skip down to verse 28. Above the horse gate, now we're coming up at that last portion of, of the wall, coming up that eastern wall, getting right up to where they started again. Above the horse gate, the priests repaired, each one opposite his own house. After them, Zadok, the son of Emer, repaired opposite his own house. After him, Shemaiah, the son of Shekaniah, the keeper of the east gate, repaired. After him, Hananiah, the son of Shelemiah, and Hanun, the sixth son of Zalaf, repaired another section. After him, Meshulam, the son of Berechiah, repaired opposite his chamber. You heard about him in verse 4. I know you remembered that. <laughs> verse 31, after, after him, Malkijah, one of the goldsmiths, repaired as far as the house of the temple servants and of the merchants opposite the muster gate and to the upper chamber of the corner. And between the upper chamber of the corner and the sheep gate, the goldsmiths and the merchants repaired. And all in all, you see 40 different sections of the wall rebuilt by 40 different teams of laborers. And the greatest challenge in accomplishing that mission, it wasn't the money. It wasn't the money. Money was there. It wasn't the resources. They had the resources. That, that wasn't it. it. It wasn't the supplies. It wasn't the manpower. One of the greatest challenges is unity. Serving together, being able to work together for a common purpose. That was the greatest one. And you know, we are blessed when we serve together. And that's the first point I want to make. We are blessed in serving the Lord together. Look around at all these people that are around you, all the ugly, lovely people that are around you. Look at them. We are blessed to serve together. Because to say this, we are church, right? Church. We are church. And we get to serve together. And so whether we are taking care of kids in the nursery, there's part of church right now discipling our preschoolers. Right now, this moment, while I'm teaching to you, they're teaching them. They're instilling in them the, the truths of the gospel. That's church. 
That's church. You know, or whether we're building a structure like the Next Gen Center. You see this three-story structure going up. Boy, that's, that's a big, big thing that we're doing. I'm so grateful for that. That's like building the wall uh, around Jerusalem. It's a big thing. But God's calling us to do this, and we can do this because we are church. Say church. church. We're church. We're church. And you know, God's plan is not for us to be solo. And you know, God's plan is not for an individual church to be solo either. You know, we're in a family of churches. We're, we're in a family. Regionally, we're in a family of churches called an association. And you know, this past week, our association of churches, we impacted 1,500 people by giving out turkey dinners. Praise God for that. You know, praise God. Yeah. This, this past Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I was at the uh, Florida Baptist Convention, and they, they were... Um, commissioning missionaries to go out into the mission field through the International Mission Board. And we sort of support that through our tithes and offerings. We give to that. Do you realize that you, when you put any money in the offering plate, you're helping to support 3,550 missionaries in 195 countries? Yeah, do you know that? Did you know that, that on Tuesday night they commissioned 49 more? Did you know of that 3,550 missionaries that go out from the U.S., 10% of them come, almost 10% come from Florida. 289 Floridians are serving on the mission field overseas. Yeah, we're serving together and you're part of that. And that's what God does when he works with us together. You know, um, Thursday, I, I try to connect with other pastors in the area. And there's a, there's a fellowship group. We call it the Collective it's sort of led by uh, Brian Lamero. Brian Lamero is the pastor of Reverb Church. They meet up at World Golf Village. Solid guy. If, if, you're, if you're living up there and you're looking for a church home, it's too far to drive. Go to Reverb Church. They, they preach the Bible. They, they, they tell people about Jesus Christ. You know, uh, Billy Almaguer at Awakened City Church meets at Epic Theater. He's there. But we get together. We met last Thursday. It was our monthly meeting. We met over at Colonial Church with Pastor Matt McClory. He helped to give a word. You know, and all of us together, we're encouraging each other, sending text messages on Sunday morning, encouraging each other to share the word of God. Uh, one of my best friendships outside this church is a guy by the name of Josh Hersey. Josh is pastor of Church on the Rock right by, um, right by St. Augustine High School. And you know, I've helped him in times that were tough for him, and he's helped me in times that were tough for me. And, you know, I'm so grateful that we are serving together. There are churches, it doesn't matter what the denomination label is, there are churches around this community that are proclaiming Jesus Christ risen and salvation his name all around this community. We're part of that because we're church. A couple years ago, I went to Moldova. To see our missionaries there, David and Barbara Crossman. And Barbara introduced me to the chancellor of the Baptist Bible School that was in, in Moldova, in Chisinau, Moldova. And he was telling me about uh, that area, and he was telling me about Asia, in Central Asia. And in Central Asia, it's the persecuted church. You know, there are Muslims, there are uh, other people that are killing Christians in those countries, Okay. So it's, it's a hard, hard field to be in. And the biggest problem that they have, those Baptist churches have there, is that they're fighting with the Pentecostal churches. And the Pentecostal churches are fighting with the Baptist churches. And he says it's so discouraging when you have other people trying to kill you, other people trying to cut you out, that there are churches fighting with other churches. And this is what he said to me. I'll never forget this. When the people of God start fighting with each other and churches start fighting each other when people are trying to kill you, he says, we're not shooting ourselves in the foot, we're shooting ourselves in the head. That's absolutely true. 
That is absolutely true. You know, one of the things that Jesus prayed for was that we would be together. Jesus prayed that we would receive that blessing of serving together. John 17, Jesus is praying to the Father. You know, the night before he's going to be crucified, he says, he says to the Father, I don't ask for these only, but also for those who believe in me through their word. He's asking for us. He's praying for us. This is what he's praying for us, that they may all be one. They may all be one. Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you've sent me. The glory that you've given me, I've given to them. I mean, that's the power of church. We're we're bearers of the glory of God. That they may be one even as we are one, I and them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you love me. Brothers and sisters of Anastasia, we're blessed. We serve together in this church, but we serve together with, with churches all around the world. And know this, we are never in competition with other Bible-believing, Jesus-preaching, Holy Spirit-led churches. We're serving together. There are brothers and sisters and ministries within a church. We're not in competition with different ministries. We're serving together. We are blessed to serve together. We need to access that blessing. We need to embrace that blessing. Here's something else I want to share with you. This is coming from verse 1 of Nehemiah chapter 3. Then Eliashib, the high priest, rose up with his brothers, the priests. So they're priests. They built the sheep gate. That's that northeast corner of Jerusalem. And they built that sheep gate. That's where the sheep went in in order for the sacrifice. A lot of sheep went into that. That's why they call it the sheep gate. They consecrated and set its doors. They consecrated it. As far as the Tower of the Hundred, as far as the Tower of Hananel, they didn't just rebuild the gate, they consecrated it. Do you know why the priests consecrated that gate? It's because that's just what priests do. That's the only thing they know how to do. Okay? Priests consecrate things. Do you know why you come to me and I talk so much? It's because that's what I do. You know, uh, we, we all have those gifts. You know, and God calls us to do what he has built us and gifted us to do. Nehemiah verse, chapter 3, verse 5. And next to them it says, the Tekoites repaired, but their nobles would not stoop to serve the Lord. The Tekoites, they came from Tekoa. Amos, the prophet, was from Tekoa. Back in, back in Bible days, they said from, from Bethlehem. If you've ever been over there to the Holy Land, Bethlehem's up on a hill, okay? And from Bethlehem, you could see about seven miles uh, over to where Tekoa is. You could see Tekoa in those Bible days. And the common people, they heard the cry that in Jerusalem, they're rebuilding the walls. They need some help. And they said, hey, let's go help them out. But the nobles didn't. The nobles didn't. You know. And you know, when they went in, they were outsiders. They weren't people of Jerusalem. They weren't the people that everybody knew. They were outsiders. And they were still valued. They were still valued. Everybody's not the same. And there are people you may not know, but God still uses us. God uses us uh, even though we're different. God uses people that are different from me. God uses people that are different from you. Just look around and and, and think about these people. Not everyone is just like you, okay? You're unique, and they're unique. And so this is the point. We're blessed with a God-given diversity of gifts and abilities and passions. God's given us diversity, okay? He strengthens us by the diversity that he gives us. And, and, And what unites us is not that we all do the same thing or all that we think alike. What unites us is that we are are united in his name and in his salvation and in forgiveness in his name. That's what unites us. Look at verse 10 of Nehemiah 3. 
Next to them, Jediah, the son of Harumaf, repaired opposite his house. Next to him, Hattush, the son of Hashabneah, repaired. Jediah, he had a special passion for repairing that wall that he was assigned to. You know why? Look at it. He repaired opposite his house. He looked out his front door and all he saw was a broken down wall. And he had a passion for protecting his family. He had a vested interest in making sure that the work of God continued on. And I think God gives us passions and understanding that we have a vested interest in seeing the gospel go to the next generation. He wanted to protect them. You know, we're called to protect the home. You know, we have a, a set of goals that we're, we we're, have been focusing on these past few years. We call them time to run. And one of those is the challenges of reaching families. And we, we, we have a vested interest. We have a vested interest in, in protecting those kids and helping families and help families to disciple their kids. I'm excited about people that next hour are going to be serving as youth volunteers. I'm excited about the people that are taking their time right now in the children and preschool area. And they're serving and discipling uh, those preschoolers and children. That's powerful. I'm excited about foster parents. You know, I'm excited about what God has done with foster parent ministry in the last year at Anastasia. I'm excited about the, the, the families that open up their homes. You know, when someone puts in your passion protecting kids and you open up a home, you know, that's a passion. That's a passion, you know. Verse 12 of Nehemiah 3. Next to him, Shalom, the son of Halohesh, ruler of half the district of Jerusalem, repaired he and his daughters. Okay, we got the all-girl work team here. It's a, just as God created us male and female, we serve together male and female. We all serve together. Irrespective of our gender, we, we, in our genders, we bring different strengths and gifts to the table. But we need all of us. We need the completeness of all of us to do all that God's called us to do. And without all of us together, we're incomplete. And God uses all male, female, baker, butcher, candlestick maker. He uses all of us. He uses us all. I love what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 12. For in one body, we have many members. And the members do not all have the same function. The members do not all have the same function. So we through many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. You know, we have different parts of the mission. We have one mission, but there are different parts that God calls us to do. But we all have equal value in the Lord. So we are blessed with God-given diversity of gifts, abilities, and passions. So what do we do? Here's what we do. Write this down. Do what you can. Do what you can. Just do what you can. We have a vision together. We have goals to reach this community. We have, we have goals to reach a fast-growing community. We have, we have goals to reach families. We have goals to grow in leadership. We have goals, goals to share the gospel to this community. Do whatever you can, okay? And, and there's an, it, we say it's time to run because there's an urgency. We have a world, we have a county that is mostly lost. We have a county that mostly says we don't trust in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We don't have a Savior. And they need to hear about the Savior. And we have families that are growing up and they need a safe place. That's why we're building this next-gen center. You know why we're doing this? It's not because we want to build a building. It's because we have aging buildings that need new roofs and they're leaking and they're nuts. We can't keep them safe because they have all these outside doors. And we have kids that need to hear about Jesus Christ because if they don't hear about Jesus Christ, they're not going to be going to heaven. They're going to go to hell. And there's an urgency. And so what do we do? We all do what we can. You know, we're building this next gen center. Big project. Big project. Biggest thing we've ever done. It's a wall of Jerusalem kind of project here at Anastasia. It is. God's going to do some amazing things. 
Now, we're, we're trying to raise, I think, $2.2 million between now and May. I mean, that's a big, big ask. And, and if, we, if we raise that money, praise God, we're just going to move on it just so smoothly. If we don't make it, we'll have to refinance some stuff and have to pay higher interest rates and pay more money for the building. Uh, so it's very important for us to try to get to that $2.2 million as much as we can between now and May. And so God's not calling everybody to give $2.2 million or everyone to give $500,000. But I think God is calling all of us to do what we can. I think God is calling all, all of us to do what we can. You know, my, my paycheck, every paycheck, uh, there's money that comes in, goes into the For Generations to Come, the 4G Building Faith Campaign. Because we just all do what we can, and God will take care of the money. Uh, we're not worried about the money. I'm worried about the blessing of all of us buying in. I'm worried about the blessing of every, everybody uh, doing what they can. That's the power. That's the power. God takes care of the money. If we are obedient in the unity, God takes care of the money. Okay? Amen? Because we are church. Say church. We are church, and we can do great things, and the gates of hell can't prevail against us. We can build a building. Praise God for that, okay? And so we just, we just do what we can in regard to sharing Jesus. Not everyone on this face of this earth uh, knows how to share it effectively, but we all are to do what we can. We're all to share as much as we possibly can, you know? Uh, you know, every person on this earth, you are either... On the, you are either part of the mission field. If you've not trusted Jesus Christ as Lord, we want you to know Jesus Christ. We consider you part of the mission field. You're the people that we want. You're our audience. You're our target audience. We want you to understand the forgiveness, the new chances, and the eternal life, the life forever with Jesus in heaven that comes from following Jesus Christ as Lord. You are, you are our mission field. If you haven't received Jesus yet, we want you to receive Jesus. We want you to celebrate like this young child that was up on the screen here getting baptized. And then if you are already someone who is trusted in Jesus Christ as Lord, you're a missionary. You're called to be a missionary. You're called to share the love of Jesus Christ. And you do what you can. Not everyone's going to teach. Not everyone's going to be a part of every ministry. But everybody does what they can. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. This is Romans 12, verse 6. Let us use them. As simple as that. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them, okay? Do what you can. You know, I, I was uh, with someone the other day, and they, they talked to me about participating in a fundraiser in, uh, in Lincolnville area with one of our historically black churches, and I thought, this would be a good thing to do. They said, why don't you, why don't you sponsor a Christmas tree in the name of Anastasia Baptist Church? So I did. I put the money in. And they, I got the information about sponsoring the Christmas tree for Anastasia Baptist Church. They have a big tree lighting ceremony on December 9th in the evening. And every organization that goes in there, they, they have this Christmas tree. They put the lights and stuff. What, they didn't, what I didn't realize at the time was that you have to decorate the tree. My, my gift is not decorating. I just want you to know, my, my gift is not decorating. So, you know, my Christmas tree at home, I'll just tell you, I take it out of a box. It's about like that, about that deep. I lift it up. I put the pole into it. I put it down. I plug it in. It's got lights, decorations, everything is ready to go. Five minutes. Praise God. I love that kind of Christmas tree. That's my kind of Christmas because that's not my gift. I, I am not gifted at decorating. But, but when this came out, I said, oh, I got to make sure this tree is decorated. I want you to know, I, 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 my heart sank because I thought, I don't know how to do this. You know, I had this, I have this vision, this nightmare 
that there's going to be a tree out there with all these beautifully decorated trees. And there's going to be Anastasia Baptist Church looking like Charlie Brown's Christmas tree. You know, thank goodness there's a lady this morning who said, Walter, I'll help you decorate that tree. I'll decorate the tree. She said, praise God. She's doing what she can. I can't do that. I can't do that. But we all do what we can. You know, we got to pray and do what God calls us to do. The Holy Spirit may not be leading you to do every ministry and every activity. God is not going to call you to do everything. He's not going to call you to do stuff that he doesn't also gift you for. But he does call you to follow through when he's convicted you of doing something. And he does call all of us to give him the glory when he does great things through us. Amen. And we give him the glory. We give him the glory. So we're blessed by serving together. We're blessed by our diversity. And here's the last thing. We're blessed by a common purpose. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. We have a common purpose that there is life forever with Jesus in heaven for those that trust in Jesus Christ for salvation. We have a common purpose to share that, to share that eternal life, that life forever with Jesus in heaven. And the Bible tells us that everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, but also says in John 3, 18, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but, words of Jesus, guys, words of Jesus, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. Without Jesus' forgiveness, without Jesus opening up the gates of heaven, we're destined not to go there. We're destined to go to hell, okay? You know, the Bible tells us that people are separated from the forgiveness of Jesus Christ will spend eternity in hell, and people that have received the forgiveness of Christ spend eternity in heaven. I believe that because I believe the Bible is the map, okay? And so we have a common purpose, and we need to see that common purpose of salvation, It's all about helping people embrace the life-changing truth of Jesus Christ. That's what God's called us to do. Matthew 28, he said said this to church. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Common purpose, sharing eternal life with a world that desperately needs it. And you know what? I don't have to do it alone. We get to do that together. You know why? Because we're blessed. We're blessed. You know why? Because we are church. Say church. We are church. Yeah. You know how you become part of church? First, you receive Jesus. If you've not ever received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it is this simple. It is this simple. Believe that he is alive. Believe that he died for you. And then put your faith in him to get you into heaven. And just pray, Lord, I'm believing in you. I'm trusting in you. And the Bible says that he is faithful and just. He'll forgive you of your sins. And he, you, he will bring salvation to you. That's how you trust in him. And if you've not done that, why not do that right now? What would keep you from making that decision right now? And if you've done that, you're part of church. Whether you believe it or say, I don't like to be members of church. I'm sorry. You're part of the body of Christ. Okay, whether you're officially a part of the body, you're part of the body of Christ. Are you embracing being part of the body? Embrace it. It's okay, because you know what? With the power of church, we're so strong. We're church. Say church. We're church. If you're already part of church, you've already trusted in Jesus, 
Let me challenge you. Do what you can. Just do what you can. Whether it's your time, whether it's your talents, whether it's your part with your financial partnership, just do what you can. Are you using your gifts for him? Are you using your passion for him? And together, in the name of the Lord, we are stronger than the devil. We are stronger than the devil. The gates of hell will not prevail against us. Because why? Stay with me. Because we are church. Amen. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for your power. Lord, it's your power that does everything. Lord, when you do great things through us, Lord, when we move into this new building next year, we're going to celebrate not what we did, but what you did. Lord, when, when kids come to faith in Christ and adults come to faith in Christ, we're not going to celebrate what we did. We're going to celebrate what you have done. And Lord, together we're going to serve and be blessed. Thank you for making us church together. And Lord, I pray that if there's someone here that needs to take a step of faith, whatever it is, salvation, baptism, officially becoming member of church, a decision to partner in volunteering, to use their passions, Lord, whatever. Lord, do your great work through us. And we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, amen. Would you stand with me? If God's calling you, the altar's open. I'm here if you want to talk or pray or help to make a decision. You come. Counselor's over at the side. Let God move among us this morning.
Jesus for his church. Go in peace. God bless you.